Welcome to Lifeology. I am James Miller, your host and a licensed psychotherapist. I'm looking forward to spending this time with you as we learn some pretty amazing life lessons. Let's get started. I would love to connect with you. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M Lifeology. I am also very active on Instagram and create many videos with quick tips and tools that you can immediately implement. Be sure to say hello and follow me there. There are thousands of amazing self-help books out there, but what happens when you're struggling at the moment and need help now? Well, my new book, Life Lessons, You Are the Experts on Your Life, a workbook, is your new go-to self-help book. I wrote it specifically for when you don't know how to overcome a challenge. Each chapter gives you a framework on how to tackle your situation. I help you focus on what already works for you. Your situation today may be different, but the emotions you're currently feeling, you felt them before, and you did something that helped you. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. This book is specifically written to help you overcome any obstacle you may face. Purchase your book, Life Lessons, You Are the Experts on Your Life, a workbook on Amazon or at your favorite bookstore. Once again, purchase Life Lessons, You Are the Experts on Your Life, a workbook on Amazon or at your favorite bookstore. My guest today is Jessica Baum, who's the owner and founder of the Be Selfful Method and the Relationship Institute of Palm Beach, Florida. Jessica is a licensed psychotherapist who is certified in many counseling methodologies that help transform the lives of her clients. Through her trademarked Be Selfful, Jessica offers coaching services that support individuals and couples to form healthy, long-term relationships. In today's episode, we talk about her new book, Anxiously Attached, Becoming More Secure in Life and Love. This book will transform your life. Welcome to Lifeology. Thank you so much for having me, James. I am looking forward to this. My viewers and listeners do not know this, but Jessica, I've known you, what, since 2015? We were actually neighbors in an apartment when I moved down here to Palm Beach. That was so funny years later. Here we are with our big platforms, which is awesome. So I'm really glad you're on the show today. Yes, me too. It's been a long time coming. Yes, it has. I remember I came to your house... Oh, God, maybe three years ago after, after a happy hour I went to, and I was over there and you're talking about your book. It was so neat to hear it. And you were talking about all the different writing things and how it was, you know, for all of us, there's a journey. And so you're talking about the journey and the aspect of what it was. So that's a whole show in itself. So when you told me that your book is going to launch, I was like, I cannot wait to read it. In fact, I was blessed to get a pre-copy of it. And we're definitely going to talk about it in a second. I, before we start, I'm going to highly endorse this book. I learned so much and um, I just, just can't wait for you to talk more about it. Yeah, no, it's, it definitely has been a journey and I'm so excited it's out in the world because it's already touching people and helping yeah. people. So it's very exciting. One thing when I was reading your information and I knew a lot of the things that you've done and I didn't realize how many certifications you have. I mean, you have so many certifications that a lot of clinicians do not have. So you have so much to teach us already. One thing I wanted to jump into though was your story real quickly, because uh, I know you talk about it in the book, in the foreword of your book. Uh, you are a clinician, of course, and you work with a lot of counsel or a lot of couples. What was it about in your own life that said, this is the, this is the population I want to work with? Yeah, sure. So I'm an Imago therapist and I highly recommend that type of couples counseling. And so in that training, I learned a lot about the, the dances that we do in relationships and the energy of relationships. And in my own personal work and my own personal journey, you know, I suffered from what we would call codependency, which was really attachment, my attachment system kind of going off and my behaviors not making a hundred percent sense and the things that were happening in my body in my twenties. And I've read every single book there is. And so I needed to create a book to help people who quote unquote 
feel codependent or struggling um, in their relationships by being selfless or giving completely or self-sacrificing and start to really unpack what that means in your nervous system and how to heal that, how to notice that and have more balanced relationships. Yeah. And I I know that's one one thing your book really talks about is that aspect of it. And in relationships, there's different types of attachments. Do you want to tell us about those attachments and then we'll jump into that and then we'll go into your book? Sure. There's traditionally four different types of attachments, secure, Mm -hmm. anxious, avoidant, and fearful avoidant. And these are really embedded patterns that we take on um, in our nervous system and our body when we're really young, when it comes to co-regulation and attunement from Mm -hmm. our primary caregivers. And depending on those early interactions, we learn how to respond in pain. Are you an emerging person or global organization that isn't getting recognition from the press? Have your marketing and advertisement efforts hit a plateau? Let us help you take your brand to the next Red Heaven Media is a full-service boutique public relations agency specializing in health and wellness, tech, real estate, and nonprofit organizations. We can turn a successful company into a reputable Take your first step and visit www.redheffermedia.com. Once again, visit www.redheffermedia.com to take your brand to the next level where it comes from, the brain, how the brain works, how the body works, how you brilliantly survived and why that might be getting in the way of having fulfilling relationships. Now, attachment theory becomes a tool in understanding your own embedded patterns. And it really are patterns. I mean, we can have Mm -hmm. more than one pattern and it's not as simple as a label. And I explain that, but when you can identify a little bit with a label, you can start to get some answers around what what you might be struggling with. Yeah. And then that is something I, I, when I was reading the book, I, I realized like, oh my gosh, I, I historically don't have a certain pattern. And I, when I read the book, I was like, oh my goodness, this, and in a recent relationship I was in, this is, this is something that I was a blind, you know, blind spot for me. So I, I really want to help my viewers and listeners know that you can be the healthiest person or the unhealthiest person, whatever, however you want to quantify that. But there is something that a relationship will elicit, will be evocative or provoke you in some ways. And in that, it's it's important to know that. So whether you have the healthiest relationship or the unhealthiest relationship, this book is really going to give you the insight to see what some of those blind spots are. Now, when it comes to secure attachment, can you identify what that is? Because I'm sure many people think, well, I have a secure attachment and they might, but what is a, what is a, uh, I guess a good example or a good definition of what a secure attachment is? So a secure attachment is an inherent trust in others and someone who can form interdependent relationships. So they neither feel invaded in their relationships or smothered. They know how to ask for space and they also have autonomy and they also can handle a partner that has higher needs or might have some anxiety that doesn't offset or trigger them to have anxiety. Mm. So intimacy, um, vulnerability, autonomy, all of that is safe for that person. None of that elicits a tremendous amount of fear. And like I said, you can have a secure base and partner with someone who's really avoidant. And all of a sudden you can have a lot of fear pop up. Mm-hmm. I often see this happens in friendships. Like I, I'm anxiously attached and I've worked my way towards earned security, but I might have a friend who's really anxious and I find myself pulling away because I can't handle it. And that's actually Mm -hmm. an avoidant pattern. So you can start to notice who you partner or who you connect with because it's a two-way street. It's a combination of two people's embedded patterns and how those patterns play out in the relationship. And it's interesting because they don't play out in the beginning of a relationship. They usually take a little while to start surfacing Mm -hmm. as the fear of intimacy or the relationship gets 
closer, our projections around intimacy and abandonment start to surface and we start to see the dynamic change. Sure. So and more than secure attachment as well. I, I'm, first off, thank you for, for explaining this. I'll also could be in friendships as well, because that, that is really important. And there, it sounds like when someone is secure in a lot of ways that they can, con, I don't say contain, but be an emotional container in some sense. So if their partner does need something more, they're able to sit with that, put their stuff aside, hold on to that for the other person, and then come back to their own stuff as well. Yeah, they have good boundaries and they don't feel like if their partner's taking space that they're going to be abandoned and they don't feel mm-hmm. like if their partner's being needy, they can set boundaries, but they don't feel smothered by that. They gotcha. have um, a barometer or a bigger window of tolerance for other people because they have inherent trust, which was because they depended on their primary caregiver and got their needs mm-hmm. met really well. And there was a lot of attunement there. Their system thinks of relationships as very trusting and doesn't jump to fear-based and nervous system responses quite as fast. Sure. So a lot of times we think that you talk about your primary caregivers when we were children, sometimes people think, oh, my parents screwed me up or whatever. And so it's, it's not always the parents, of course, but there's always hope. So people who have certain attachment styles based on the caregivers when they were children, there's always hope that they can change, correct? Absolutely. And I think most people think, oh, my, my, my childhood was wonderful and they're not really yeah. in touch with these, sure. I'm talking That's about right. early, early years of wounding, uh, not wounding, but inconsistency. I mean, mm-hmm. our parents are going through things and if they're locked in their own responses, they can't attune well. So they're laying down a foundational blueprint. And so whether you think it was perfect or not, if your partner shuts down and you're having extreme emotions around it, you know, there's a little bit of a wound there. So sure. it's not about blaming our parents. Our parents do what they can. It's about being mm-hmm. honest about what's showing up in your relationship now. And if it's eliciting a big sensation. It's usually a very old and familiar feeling and causing you some fear that might not be 100% rational in that moment, but causes you to have behaviors that ironically can push your partner away even more. Yeah, which which is unfortunate. It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy in a lot of ways as well. Yeah, on both sides. I think uh, people with abandonment wounds will grab on and, and that will push. And people on the other side of the spectrum will push people away so much because they're scared of intimacy. And therefore, it, it is a self-fulfilling prophecy. Until you understand the underpinnings of your nervous system and your core wounds, you you might repeat this pattern over and over again. And that's a, that's a sad part. And that's why this information mm. needs to get out there. Yes, I haven't ever heard, and I'm, I'm not, uh, I haven't done an exhaustive search on this, but I haven't really heard anyone take your methodology. I mean, of course, I know about anxious, anxious attachment, but you also move it in a way from almost the imago therapy, which is a couple's approach, and you move it more towards an individual approach of the self full mm-hmm. aspect of it. We'll be right back. Are you an emerging persona or a global organization that isn't getting recognition from the press? Have your marketing and advertisement efforts hit a plateau? Let us help you take your brand to the next level. Red Heifer Media is a full-service boutique public relations agency specializing in health and wellness, tech, real estate, and nonprofit organizations. We can turn your successful company into a reputable brand. Take your first step and visit www.redheifermedia.com. Once again, visit www.redheifermedia.com to take your brand to the next level. Let's talk more about your book, Anxiously Attached, Becoming More Secure in Life and Love. And once again, we're talking with psychotherapist Jessica Baum. Tell us more about that book. Yeah. So the self-full method is really, well, you'll know, expanding your window of tolerance. So, you know, there are selfless people and they're all adaptive states, people who self-sacrifice, like I said, more codependent. And then there's selfish people who they are just more loners. And, you know, we all fit in a spectrum and we can all 
vacillate within this spectrum. Mm. But being self-full means expanding your window of tolerance, being um, able to accept parts of yourself and be with your parts and co-regulate with the right people so that you can understand what's going on inside of your, your system and not react to everything, but learn to slowly respond, which takes awareness and neuroplasticity will get built when you start to do this work. Mm -hmm. So that's how you do work, earn security. And a big part of the work is internalizing a healthy support and then internalizing a parent that maybe is calm versus what we have internalized. Sure. So there's many, many layers to how we build um, the neuroplasticity towards earned security. And part of it is using your past relationships or your current relationships as mm -hmm. a flashlight in, because I wanted people to be able to get help if they were in a current relationship Mm -hmm. that was struggling and had the dynamic, I give that path. But also if they weren't in a relationship, I wanted them to be able to use their history sure. as a way to start to do their own healing work anyway. So I wanted to provide both paths for the reader. That's, I think that's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, but that makes it, it expands the, the opportunity for people, whether they're currently experiencing it or of course in the past, or then also to prepare themselves for the future. This book is very dense. I, uh, when I was reading, I was like, oh my gosh, there's so many layers there. So I know you give the aspect, you really explain what, what, what it is to be anxiously attached. Walk us through the other aspects of it, because it's more than just a methodology. You give a lot of tools and techniques that someone can use. Yeah. So part one is really how you lost yourself. So it's really about adaptations and um, taking away the shame in, in which you adapted, locating your core wounds based on your history and your patterns. And then the second part is very somatic. So I had it to bottom up. So I had to help the reader start to tap into their body. Many people are disembodied. So I provide meditations. Um, which are recorded on my website to follow along. And I explain how to become more embodied and avoidant people tend to become disembodied. They tend to dissociate and anxious people begin to be focused on the body of another. And both of those are adaptive mm -hmm. strategies. So I bring the, the reader back into their body and their heart's intelligence and really meet, you know, different parts of their body. It's not about changing anything. It's about letting the implicit memory or the sensation surface mm -hmm. so we can hold them. And then the third part of the book is integrating that into your relationship. Gotcha. I actually give couples um, in the later chapters, ways in which if your partner is a little bit more avoidant, that both of you guys can have different conversations and some tools to understand how your nervous systems are actually responding in the exact mm. ways that are causing misery for both of you and what's really going on and really help the, you know, the reader start to have these conversations um, with their partner differently. And I also explain that relationships bring up our core wounds. Like this is normal. Mm -hmm. And sure, it's part of the deep work of picking a partner and choosing to get conscious. So a big part of the book is helping you get conscious of what's coming up for you and perhaps having these conversations with a willing partner. So you guys can stop fighting about who took the garbage out or who, who mm -hmm. skipped gate, date night and realize this comes down to connection and nervous system and very yes. subtle cues on how we respond to each other and what we take in. That is, wow, that's, that's, I, I can't, I didn't have a chance to finish the book yet because I gave it to someone really important to me. So I'm going to take that book back and read it myself. For going back to the second aspect of it, so the somatic aspect of it. So those of you who don't know what that means, it just means the feelings that come up. It means the, the physical aspects of what your body's actually doing. So I wanted to jump back into that. So you're talking about the somatic aspect of the, the feelings of a person who's anxious. So they're more focused on their partner's responses. So that can be 
if the person, and you can correct me, of course, you're the, you're the expert here. If the person, they, their voice changes or they shut down, they look like their partner shuts down or their partner becomes avoidant or they become in whatever way that might be. So they, the anxious person focuses more on the other person's response as opposed to their own. Yeah. So an anxious person will turn up the volume. So they'll expand their energy and they will see closeness in any way possible, mm. whether that's thinking about the person, um, trying to get in contact. If, if the anger is a normal response when we're not getting our needs met, they will move closer to their partner. And if their partner is avoidant, that might scare them because the anxious person's um, system is actually in fear and unconsciously through neuroception, uh, which I can't explain. Sure. Yeah. The one nervous system is signaling to the other nervous system that there's fear and that partner, if they're a little bit more avoidant, can't move closer in the moment. So they mm. can't give the anxious person the co-regulation and the connection that they need. And it ends up feeling like self-abandoned, like it ends up feeling like you're abandoned all over again. It's quite horrible. Interesting. Wow. I didn't know that, Jessica. That's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the avoidant to- person is not trying to do that. They're literally sure. responding in their system in a way to keep safe and they learn how to self-regulate. So they distance themselves and they take themselves out of the equation as a way to get to homeostasis. So both people mm-hmm. are trying to get safe. One is trying to move closer and the other one is trying to move away. And that's how they regulate their systems. But neither one of them are able in, to get into like calm, consistent connection because of what the nervous system is kind of signaling. Wow. And it's interesting because we can say all this in a vacuum, like, oh, this is what you do. But in the moment yeah. when we're feeling that anxiety or that avoidance, it is painful. It's very painful. And um, it's very overwhelming. How do you help your readers and your, and your audience, how do you help them just slow down to be mindful of what their body is, is experiencing? Yeah. And I think this is where the window of tolerance. So this is where you're dealing with your body and being with your sensations more. And I often, I say this in the book a lot, like bringing the sensational experience to a therapist or coach and having them hold mm-hmm. it for you so you can link mm-hmm. it back. Cause it could be a part of you that if your partner's shutting down, it's reminding you of something very small yeah. and you might not even be aware of it, but there are so awareness. What? So it's compounded. So what you feel from before and what you're feeling from your, from your partner. And all of a sudden it's bigger than maybe what, it, what you thought. Yeah. It's really developmental trauma showing up in mm-hmm. the relational space. But you know, if, if you, you know, if you start to understand your partner's pain and your pain cycles and how this is showing up first, you build awareness and compassion. You start to understand that they might not be available in that moment. And then I offer tools. I mean, co-regulation. So leaning on a friend who's not going to pour more gasoline on it, but going to help calm you down. But I also point out exactly what happens in your body. So you can start to understand that you're in a sympathetic state and that Mm -hmm. you're in a state of survival. And the breath, if you extend your exhales, will trick the brain back into Mm -hmm. a state of calmness. But again, like you said, there are days when we're more resourced and we can do this and we have more awareness and days when we don't, and there's no judgment there depends how Mm -hmm. big the cue was in our outer cue. And so once you just even have awareness, wow, I'm in a sympathetic state and these are the symptoms and this is what it's feeling in my body. You're already creating new neuroplasticity. Mm -hmm. And as you start to become more aware of that, you expand your tolerance for those sensations. You become more of an observer of them. You hold them. And in mm-hmm. time, you have different options in the moment and you don't sure. become quite as reactive. So it's, a, it's circular. It's not, it's not linear, but it's a, a developing of awareness, tending to, and mm-hmm. then eventually having different options because you're building new pathways. I often describe yeah. it as like if my neighbor was across the street and I 
got angry and my normal response was to expand my energy. I have one path to get there and I've learned that path as a baby and I don't even realize that it's going on. When you're healing, you like, and let's pretend there's snow in the ground. So it's a well-worn path. When you're healing, you're, uh-huh. you're building a new path. So your knee jerk might be to go to the well-worn path, but over and over and over time, as you build the neuroplasticity, you're going to pick the other path. Mm-hmm. And on a really bad day, you might still pick the well-worn path. So yeah. it's this awareness that, wow, I'm actually building um, the space to understand, to hold, to be with, and possibly to respond differently over time. That's literally the path of expanding that window and learning that there are many different options. Sure. But it does take time and it takes work. Yes, it certainly does. And that's the thing. I mean, one of my favorite quotes is strength that comes easy is not strength at all. So if, if someone's like, oh, this, do these three steps and you've got it, it's, that's not obviously the case because you have to consciously be aware of what you do. I always tell people that there's a first and second response. The first response is usually that primary response, our, our initial response of something. And then with a little bit of insights, obviously much more in depth of what you're talking about. Uh, but having that insight then allows you to get to the secondary response of now, what do I do with this? So for example, if I come up and startle you, of course, you're going to be scared. But then once you realize it's me, you probably won't be scared. But if you're scared for the next hour, it doesn't make sense. So that's the same type of thing when it comes to the first and second response. First response is that startle response. Second response is what do I do with this? And it may take a while for, to get to the second response, but it's important to know that there are two options. So I really like how your book expands on that, that the that what well-worn path is usually that first response, but you give them the opportunity to create that secondary response of now, what are, what are my options? What do I do with this? Yeah. And you brought up a brilliant point because you will respond, but getting back to your baseline homeostasis, we call it, will mm-hmm. get faster and faster and faster. And mm-hmm. I, actually that is the indicator. I got really triggered. I call it awakened. I was able to mm-hmm. be with it and I got back to my baseline, which is safety. And we call it the ventral state of connection faster mm-hmm. than I normally did. It didn't shut me down for three days or didn't activate me for three days or, you know, whatever it was, it still happened. But my able to downregulate and get back into a place of calmness yes. happens faster. So that's how you know that you're also healing. Yes. Which I think is good because sometimes we're like, am I actually changing? Am I not? But that's a, that's a really good way to quantify success or quantify the change is how quickly do you, do you downregulate to the homeostasis or back to the, your, your baseline? So, you know, when you're not being triggered or not being awakened, as you call it. So that is a really good indication that people could say, ah, I am making a change. And I think that's really healthy because, or it can also be the, the number of, uh, the number of in- negative or unhealthy interactions you have with your partner or friend. If that decreases from, let's say 10 in, two days to five in one day. Well, I guess that's the same, uh, five in, you know, f- you know, 24 hours, something like that. But it is important to look at that because when you can measure something, that's how you know that there is change. And so I'm really glad to hear that you are able to help people quantify how they can measure their success in, in becoming the healthier version of themselves. Yeah. It's like a felt sense in the change in the moment mm-hmm. you might be, you know, kind of feeling into what happened and you're like, and I was more aware and I was able to cool myself down and I was able to express what was really going on. I was terrified or scared or I was in pain. These are all ways in which we can get back into connection with our partner. Cause at the end of the day, we're biologically wired for connection. And that's what we're responding to is disconnection, which is painful for any human, whether anxiously attached or not. Um, We want to be in connection. Yeah. I'm thinking about this with, for individuals who are, in that space of the dysregulation or the ones avoidant, ones anxious, with these techniques that you're teaching them, it, it sounds like it really gives them hope, once again, that to learn these techniques, to be able to understand the 
the, the trigger response or how their body is actually responding gives them the ability to say, ah, so it may not be the, like you said, the content you're talking about or the person, but there's something there that's triggered me internally. And with that trigger, once I'm aware of it, then I can internally deal with it or help my, have my partner perhaps contain some of that. And from there, they can have a healthier relationship. Yeah. And I love to replace the word trigger with awakened because yeah, really, truly what our partner does is awaken illicit memories, sensations sure. and things inside of us. And we don't have to feel shame around that because when we mm. can shift it to, wow, what's being awakened inside of me, we can hold it and start to be with it in a different way. For me, trigger just triggers a lot of shame. Yeah, um, that's, me, that's a good word. I appreciate like, that. Thank you for Oh, this me. is awakening a part of me that wants to curl up and feel like it's going to mm. die. This is actually how I felt as a child. And this must have been horrible for me. And now as an adult, I can have a re-experience of this and reparent it or tend to it in a new way. Mm -hmm. And it might be a good thing that it's coming up, even though it doesn't feel that way in the moment. But if you sure. bring it to save people or you learn how to dialogue differently around it or your relationship changes to that experience, then you can start to communicate differently around that when you're in that experience and there's less projecting and blaming that goes on. Well, I have learned so much and I cannot wait for my viewers and listeners to purchase your book. Jessica Baum, thank you so much for being a fantastic guest on my show today. If my viewers and listeners want to find out more information about you, to work with you, to purchase your book, Anxiously Attached, to becoming more secure in life and love, where will they find all this information online? Sure. So my website is beselffull.com. That's B-E-S-E-L-F-F-U-L-L.com. And there's a, a link on that page that says book for US mm -hmm. and UK and Australia. You just click on the right one. And I'm everywhere. I'm on Barnes and Noble. I am on Amazon. You can just look Jessica Baum, LMHC. I have an Instagram page. You can literally find the book anywhere. It's, it's out there in the world. It's, it's on many platforms. So yeah, please order your copy. I really am excited to get um, this information out to the general public. Oh, once again, you don't need me to do this, but I highly endorse you, not only as my friend, but as a colleague. Thank you so much for teaching me. I, I, there's a lot of things I learned today. I can't wait to finish the book. So once again, I highly endorse this book one more time, Anxiously Attached, Becoming More Secure in Life and Love. Jessica, thank you so much for a fantastic guest on my show today. Thank you so much for having me. Finally, it's been wonderful. I know, finally. <laughs> I also want to thank you, my listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you join me today. Also, please go to my website where you may sign up for the free weekly recap, watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, and purchase my previous guests' self-help products. If you'd like to work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for your support, and I'll talk to you soon.